irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to On the Couch with Dr. Michelle, right here on LA Talk Radio. This is Dr. Michelle Cohen, and you are officially on the couch here, as we always are, Fridays at 11 in the morning, Pacific Standard Time, and all around the world, wherever you're at. Welcome, everybody. As usual, I uh, have fascinating guests, uh, and of course, you're going to learn a lot today, as you always do, but today, we're talking about a subject that um, I think we all need to really get down with and and really understand and learn more about ourselves with. And what I really like about this author and this book that we're going to be talking about today is that I've, you know, presented a lot of self-help books to you guys. And and I've interviewed a lot of authors that present their books. But this is actually a fictional story. But it's sort of based on a lot of metaphors in life. And it's a fascinating read. I don't know if you've heard about it or not. It's been out a while in Mexico and a few other countries for a little bit. But it is worldwide now. It's called The Slave, a spiritual manifesto for a better way of life. And today we're going to be answering some of the questions from the book that you guys always ask me, not only in my therapeutic sessions, but here live on the air when you call in. So we're going to find out a little bit more about how to heal from traumas in our life and and how we can be someone we really want to be, freeing ourselves, finding things and relationships that fulfill us, you know, whether it's a job, whether it's a particular relationship we're in, how to change up the routine of our lives that make us unhappy people and what we were put on the earth for, to be happy people, to learn lessons, to love and to forgive. And all these concepts you can learn in this book, guys, called The Slave, A Spiritual Manifesto for a Better Way of Life. And I have on the air right now the author of that book, who's amazing. His name is Anand Dilvar. Anand, welcome to the show here. Uh, hello, Michelle. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, listen, it's a pleasure. And uh, thank you so much for writing this book. <laughs> what a great read. <laughs> Oh, it is such an interesting book, guys, because it, it's really it's about a man who actually is trapped in a vegetative state. I'm just going to I'm just going to tease him a little bit. Is that OK, Anand? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> OK. <Tease him. laughs> All right. I'll tease Sorry. him. <laughs> and this guy had a terrible accident and it paralyzed his whole body. And the narrator, actually, it's written in the first person is unable to communicate with those around him. He's cut off from family and friends. And so he begins an inner conversation with his spiritual guide, which takes him on an emotional journey of self-realization. 
He has a near-death experience, which brings him into a new state of awareness and an understanding of his deepest self. So there are certain characters that come in and out of the uh, hospital and, and, you know, he cannot communicate, but he's in his own head. He's unable to speak. I think there was a movie about that. Somebody who went under anesthesia or something and knew that everything was going on and what was being said, right? But this yeah, is... Yeah, what a Yes, but this is an amazing book, guys. It's a, it's a quick read, you know? I mean, you can read this book in one day. Because, well, you can't put sure. it down. That's why you can read it one day as well. It goes <laughs> fast. But um, let me introduce you and what you've done. And you, you and Anand Dilvar have had a lifelong fascination with the techniques for personal growth. And, uh, of course, you've been in uh, more than 18 countries around the world where you visited and spoken with many spiritual teachers. And you're also the founder of the Vision Quest Center in Valle Bravo, Mexico. It's a meditation center where, uh, for over 15 years, you've run retreats and seminars. You've written over uh, about 36 books, right? Woo! That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and this book now, The Slave, which anybody can get. Uh, has been printed in 26 languages and is now available in 28 countries. So this is truly a spiritual manifesto for everybody to find out why we're here. Uh, and let me start asking you the questions and let you talk now that I've <laughs> taken okay. up the whole beginning. Um, <laughs> let's just sort of jump into it here. And Can you tell listeners why you decided to title the book The Slave? Well, um, the slave is um, a metaphor for um, for a state of consciousness that uh, many many people live in. Michelle, mm-hmm. um, uh, we believe that we're slaves to our past, to our trauma, to our uh, childhood, to our um, uh, to the to the to lot to mm. external circumstances. So, um, to title the book "The Slave," it is like a, a strong statement that uh, we are in a state of bondage we are in a state of slavery mm. and we need to do something about it right, mm. basically and what are some of the things of course with your first person character but what are some of the things that you bring out in your book that make us sort of um, become slaves or in a state of paralysis in our lives well um, that's how I felt when I wrote the book when mm. I that was my intention to Put it, put it in paper, mm-hmm. that um, I felt uh, like that, paralyzed, no? like a mere uh, observer, mm. like an spectator of my life. Uh, many people feel like that, you know, they mm-hmm. feel so unfortunate for everything that is happening to them. Right. I'm, I'm happening, you know, I'm quoting this. Um, um, so um, we need to to wake up about uh, from this state. Um, the slave... Um, is uh, the character, it is uh, me, it is mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. it is everyone, you know? That's mm-hmm. why I, yeah. I, I chose to write it in the first person. Yeah. Whenever you're writing the book, it is a constant affirmation, right. first, of your, of your mistakes, of your, um, of your trouble, of your problems. Mm-hmm. And then there is a strong affirmation about forgiveness, about understanding. So you don't realize it, or maybe, of course, uh, many people do, but... Uh, uh, the thing is that you are, for mm. a couple of hours while you're reading the book, mm-hmm. uh, in a constant affirmation right. of responsibility, of freedom, of, uh, of, uh, of an opportunity for yourself to, to manage your own life, to take charge of it. Mm, beautifully said. 
Um, and that that's really what it brings out. That's why I really like the book, um, because it is written in the first person and, and sort of he, we become him. It's sort of like, wow, you know, I feel trapped myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that was the intention of writing in the first person. Yeah. I wanted to, to be the, to, to the reader to feel this paralysis mm. that we all, all talk, uh, talk about. I mean, yeah. if you feel it, I mean, you are dependent of everything outside of yourself to be okay. Mm. And that's, uh, that's something that we, we can change. Right. Exactly. You know, um, one of the things that, you know, we teach, you know, as psychologists, and, and it's, it's old school information, everybody knows about it, is mm-hmm. to, to understand some of the wounds that we carry around from our childhood. You know, not every family mm-hmm. is perfect, not every, you know, parental environment, whether with whoever or caregivers, you know, they, they have their own stuff. So uh, what are some of the messages that you teach in your book um, that actually the protagonist um, learned about sort of understanding, you know, why he was damaged or, or sort of working on some of his wounds that he got when he was a child? Yes, uh, we can fall in a trap of uh, blaming our past for uh, our actual situation, for our mm. personal well-being. Mm-hmm. And um, sure, there is wounds and there is trauma in our childhood. No, nobody has a perfect uh, childhood. Um, but um, there comes a time when you have to hold yourself responsible for your own life. I mean, when I say uh, sometimes that um, it is okay to learn about your past so you can understand yourself, mm. but not to justify yourself. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's, that, that's a different, different point of view. Yes. Many people say, I am unhappy. I don't have a, a happy relationship. I have an addiction mm. because of what happened in my past. Right. But many people have shared the same experiences and they don't have these problems because they, um, they uh, made themselves responsible for, for your life. Mm-hmm. And responsibility, actually, when I talk about freedom, when I talk about freedom in the book, I'm talking about responsibility, mm-hmm. the, the ability to respond to the present moment, to whatever it is in front of you. Mm-hmm. Not, not going to the past and explaining why you're so sad, why are you so miserable, why you have so, much, so many troubles, but holding yourself responsible for your own reactions again and again. And, and this is a constant issue in therapy, this um, um, uh, watches and regrets that we have for our parents. Mm, not yes. That's a, an interesting part of therapy. We need to let go of that. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but it's also a decision, you know, like I, I believe that forgiveness is mm. more an action of understanding. Yes. You know, it's the, the, res, the result of understanding. Mm-hmm. If you understand that your parents had also a difficult childhood, and they did the best they could mm. with the circumstances and the state of consciousness that they had, what is there to forgive? <laughs> exactly. What is there to forgive? They're just people who have stuff. <laughs> but, of course, there they are... They did the best they could. Yes, no? exactly. And they're just our parents, mm-hmm. And um, but, I mean, of course, we're bonded with them, and, and they are our... Um, you know, they, they guide us. They're the people who are on pedestals and are showing us the way. But, you know, they sure. too are just human beings. And when we really get to a deep understanding of that, I mean, we can talk about it, you know, and just tell people over and over. But until they really forgive and understand that parents are just people, caregivers, grandma, whoever raised you, 
grandpa. They're people who have stuff that they've done the best they could with. And yeah, it's and true. You know, I have um, some yeah. people in my retreat that they are they yeah. complain about their lack of love from their parents. Right. And I I ask them to to reflect on this. What mm-hmm. occurs it is to be unable to love and to respect your own children. Yes. I yes. find it a beautiful thing and the most rewarding uh, uh, present of, of life mm. to be able to love my daughter and to, and, and to imagine that someone has this inability uh, to do it. Mm-hmm. What occurs, no? Mm. Uh, so maybe you, they can give, get some compassion out of this uh, realization. Exactly. It's so true, Anand. And you know, what's interesting, too, is when we can see, you know, our caregivers or the people who helped us in our lives or the people who hurt us in our lives, no matter who it is, if it's the bully in school or the the relationship who dumped us or, (laughs) you know, whatever those traumas and hurts are. You know, no, definitely, yeah. yeah. Every every crisis is yeah. an opportunity for growth. No, yes. that's uh, that's actually the the engine for growth, crisis and and obstacles. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And don't you also think that a lot of us um, just sort of learn to forgive because we see our own weaknesses. We see where we've hurt people, where we haven't helped people as much as we should. So, in other words, do you think we have to have empathy? And, and and know that we have this own stuff within ourselves as well. And that's Defin- how we can forgive. Yeah. yeah, definitely. We have to to forgive to be able to understand. We have to be very humble. Mm. Actually, the position in the character of the book, being paralyzed no, in right. a vegetative state, yeah, yeah. puts him in the most humble position possible. No, mm-hmm. So that's why he has to realize that he has been... Uh, obnoxious. He has uh, <laughs> right. misbehaved. He has been uh, uh, not not the best uh, uh, son, not the best uh, mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, from that understanding, he says, "Oh, who am I to judge? Who am I to demand from others if I don't do it even for myself?" Mm. That's so true. Exactly. By the way, guys, in case you just tuned in here, you're on the couch with Dr. Michelle. And my special guest is Anand Dilvar. Uh, His latest book here is called The Slave, A Spiritual Manifesto for a Better Way of Life. Um, It's a story and uh, it's a metaphor of life. And uh, it's about a gentleman who's trapped in a vegetative state following a terrible accident that has paralyzed his whole body. Um, the narrator is unable to communicate with those around him in the hospital, but he knows what's going on. He hears and sees, and he also has out-of-body experiences with guides who come into his life and teach him lessons. If you want to learn lessons, listeners, about how to sort of get your life together and um, forgive yourself, forgive others, you know, we hear about all these concepts in you know, self-help books. This this is a book you can read as a story. And I don't know, there's just, you know what I'm saying, Arnand? It's, it, Anand, it's, it, it's almost like when you read a self-help book, it's like, yeah, do step one. Okay, do step <laughs> two, right? Journal your feelings. Step three, think like this. But when you're reading a story and you're moving through the thoughts and you're traveling with this guy and his out-of-body experiences, it's, it, it's sort of, it's interesting because it takes the burden off of, oh, I have to do this, Right. In a self-help definitely, book. definitely. It, yeah. You come to you come to a conclusion, not reading the story and identifying yourself with what I, whatever is happening to him, um, 
So you, you come to some conclusions. Instead of me saying whatever uh, it is not, need to be done, mm -hmm. you, you come to your own conclusions. So mm. that, that was the point of, of having a story and not uh, uh, another sort of book. Yes. And, you know, it, what's interesting, one of the characters um, who comes in, well, we don't quite know who she is, actually, but her name is Faith. And that'll give you guys a little bit, a little hint there. And she comes, <laughs> she comes to help the guy uh, who's in a vegetative state. Um, and I understand from, from reading it that she represents the possibility that we all have to ask for help and receive it, right? Yeah. And can you That's elaborate a little bit more on why it's important to be vulnerable and receive? <laughs> sure. No, um, one, one thing is to... Uh, hold yourself responsible for everything, and the other one is to try to um, to carry the burden all by yourself. Mm -hmm. There is a point in our life when we have to again to be humble mm -hmm. and to ask for 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 help. Um, faith is going to be a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> yes. the people need to, they need to they need to figure out who faith is for everyone. Mm -hmm. But um, but that represents the the willingness that we have for. Uh, for helping others, mm -hmm. and the need that we have for the, the need that we have for being helped, mm -hmm. there is um, I know um, centers in our brain specifically uh, designed to give us a lot of pressure to mm -hmm. altruism. Yes, that's why help, helping someone mm -hmm. and being helped by someone gives give us so much pressure. So it is so important that our brain is designed that way. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's the that's the relationship between faith and the uh, and the character in the book. Um, they are they are giving and receiving. Mm. That's another another beautiful um, uh, thing that we need to learn. Everything in life is about giving and receiving. Mm. If there is a balance, then there is uh, there is uh, joy and happiness. Mm. It's so true. It really is giving and receiving, and and being allowed to receive. And, uh, being allowed, yeah. yeah, being open to receive because um, sometimes we we don't feel uh, uh, we have the right to. You know, that's, that's right. One of the no, we have we, we we don't feel that we deserve the good stuff, and that's something that we need to learn to learn to receive. Mm -hmm. And in your book, The Slave, um, you talk about some of the negative beliefs and feelings that the protagonist goes through. And he explores in his journeys and in the, you know, the, the encounters that he has with some guides and stuff like that. So w what are some of those negative beliefs that we all hold that you share in your book? Well, um, I think we have a very diminished uh, idea of what we really are. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, yeah. that's the, the whole thing. Right. Uh, we believe to be our thoughts and everything that we believe, everything that is happening in our life. Mm -hmm. But I truly believe that we are not that, but the space where that all happens. So in that, in that sense, we are perfect. Mm. And we make mistakes, we may have wrong beliefs or, or erroneous thoughts. But... Uh, but we're not that. We're not the content of our consciousness. We are we're consciousness itself. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I try to to convey in the book that um, it doesn't really matter how much uh, you think about things, but more to be aware of uh, what whatever is in front of you. Yes. You don't you don't guide yourself through what you know 
or what you've heard or what you have learned. Right. But whatever is uh, in front of you and what may help to decide it is your heart and your consciousness. Mm. And then there is a unique response to the present. So um, what I try to say in my book is that um, it doesn't matter so much how many uh, erroneous beliefs we have, or how many uh, um, negative thoughts, as long as we are aware that we are not those thoughts. Yes, it's so true. What a great point. Mm-hmm. By the way, guys, uh, in case you just tuned in, this is Dr. Michelle Cohen, and uh, of course you're on the couch here, and I'm interviewing... Um, an amazing author and uh, spiritual leader, um, Anand Dilvar. He's uh, published 36 books. And uh, this book yeah. we're talking about today <laughs> is called The Slave. It's a spiritual manifesto for a better way of life. Uh, worldwide publication in 28 countries, 24 languages. And um, it's, a, it's a really quick, for me it was quick, read because uh, it's a story about a gentleman who's trapped in a vegetative state but goes through a series of realizations um, and <laughs> it I did, didn't want to put it down because I wanted to find out what he was learning moment by moment and what was going on <laughs> and how he's observing people coming into the hospital and and I think the, what really moved me and I don't want to give away what's going on either but really what moved me is when he came to a lot of these realizations in his vegetative state and his mind was going crazy. He was really working things out and learning and being guided. But in his mind, he wrote letters to the people he wanted to touch most. So he writes these letters, and this is part of sort of like therapeutic uh, techniques that we give to people. Write letters to people who you would like to um, apologize to. Or, you know, tell them where you're coming from or how you love them and how you really feel about them. Things that you've never been able to say. And we do this for people that, you know, we've, we've lost in our lives as well. It sort of frees mm. us up sometimes when we can write, you know, something down to, what we, to the person who we should have said things to before they passed away. So this is therapeutic as well. But I really love in the book, you know, you write have the character writing to the son or daughter, which is unborn. <laughs> um, and also you're writing to your wife here. And I say you, well, the person in the first, the first person and the <laughs> love that this person has for her. And then the protagonist writes a letter to himself. And I love that because he's talking to himself and he goes, Hey, uh, Hey buddy, I'm calling you that because <laughs> I want to be your friend now for a long time. I was my own worst enemy. In fact, I was my only enemy. And then the letter goes on to really, you know, express some of the things that he's learned. And I think it's really important for listeners to to get these concepts and to change. Like you say, Anand, every day we have the ability to wake up and change. Every day. Every minute. Every minute there mm. is a possibility to change whatever is wrong. Mm. As long as you're not holding on and justifying yourself with the past, I mean... There is a whole world of possibilities. Mm. And do you think we have to delve deep into psychological analysis, or can we just sort of draw from our momentary feelings of having empathy and, and really truly <laughs> appreciating people in order that's, to that's come to realization? That's a great question. Mm. Um, um, I think that the therapy is necessary for many, many people mm. because um, we... We 
repeat this phrase to be in the moment, mm. in the present. Yes. We repeat it again and again. It's been a cliche now. But if you carry some trauma and some unresolved issues mm -hmm. that are affecting you every single moment of your life, mm. you are not able actually to live in the present because you are relating to the present uh, uh, from stuff in, the, in your brain yes. that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that many, many people, uh, myself I did, mm -hmm. had to go to therapy, to therapy, mm -hmm. to understand what happened, to, uh, to, to get closure to unresolved issues, mm -hmm. to learn some techniques like, like you just mentioned, writing letters is a great mm -hmm. technique for getting closure for, with so many people, even if, you don't, mm -hmm. uh, if they are not available to you. But then it comes a point in, in which therapy uh, becomes uh, redundant. This is my opinion. Mm. Um, it, you can go to the therapist for many, many, many years, and then you will, will understand perfectly why you are unhappy. Mm -hmm. But um, at one point, you have to just, um, uh, okay, stop justifying yourself uh, and, uh, and hold yourself responsible. You know, like every moment we have the ability to to respond from from uh, presence, from consciousness, mm -hmm. yes. from uh, love. No, yes. it is. Um, we're not used to. We need to learn. But uh, I'm I'm pretty sure. I am confident that we can learn to be uh, more in the present. And from there, from presence, come out. Of, it comes out all virtues, mm -hmm. all all values. If you are present with your spouse. You're not going to be disrespectful. Yes, it's <laughs> You're true. disrespectful it's true. when you are distracted. Right. You're not going to mistreat your children if you're paying attention. Mm. It is not that you learn somewhere in a book that you should not mistreat your children and that's why you don't do it. Mm -hmm. No, you do it because you're so present that you are able to see the miracle mm -hmm. of them. Yes. The miracle of their presence. You are right. able to see how wonderful it is to have them in your life. Mm. And then... If you pay attention to that, you don't need to have therapy or you don't need to, um, to dwell in anything else but the, the miracle of having them right there, mm. alive, all alive, laughing, and you are able to see them, you're able to touch them, to kiss them. We take this for granted, mm. uh, Michelle. Oh, no? Yes, yes but, we um, do. Mm -hmm. but, but life is a miracle. Every single moment. Right now we are talking. I'm in Mexico. You are in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, many, many people listening to us. There is a book. And through my book, I touch many, many people, millions of people. What a miracle. That's amazing. Oh, it's amazing, and, isn't it? No. And uh, yeah. we're talking in the phone so far away. So. <laughs> but so <laughs> <I> close. Mean, <laughs> And we're so close, yeah. and we have so many things in common. We yeah. haven't met uh, personally, no, yeah, in person, exactly. but, right. uh, but uh, we resonate. And that's why the book, I guess, resonates with so many people. Mm. I find it amazing. I, I, I must confess that uh, this <laughs> incredible success of the book, I find it more than anything else amazing. Mm. I am so lucky, oh, I am no. so blessed oh. to be able to, to convey this message of, mm -hmm. of hope, of, of, of freedom, of uh, responsibility, mm. and in, in a way I'm, I'm able to touch so many people in, in, in 28 different cultures. Oh, I know. Isn't that beautiful, though? <laughs> I, I mean, amazing. Would you, did you ever think this was going to happen? I mean, <laughs> what, five, five years ago, or did you sort of manifest this, or were you... Uh, you know? I, I wanted to 
I, I wanted to write a bestseller. This is my book number 17. Yeah. And um, yeah, sure. Um, the other mm. 16, they didn't do that well. <laughs> mm. So I wanted to, every, is, every writer wants to share his sure. message with as many people as possible. You know? Yes. So yeah, sure. When I wrote it, I wanted uh, people not to be able to put it down. Yes. I wanted to have it uh, a, a mystery, a little bit of, mm-hmm. of a lot of, I want them, I, I want them to cry. I want them to, to laugh. I mean, mm-hmm. it was not my main purpose, but I sure I, it was, I had the wish to be able to sell uh, many, many books mm-hmm. and, and touch many, many people. Mm-hmm. I never imagined 28 countries. That's, that's a huge surprise for me. <laughs> that's amazing. But, it, you know, this is one of the classics um, that people need to read to, to understand some of the most princi- important principles in life and how to live our life. You know, at the end um, of the book where the protagonist is writing a, a letter to himself, <laughs> hey there, buddy, <laughs> um, he goes through certain um, affirmations of what he's chosen to do today. He, mm-hmm. You know, he breaks the chains that he bound himself with. He frees himself from uh, guilt and fear. Um, he forgives himself for his mistakes. And a couple of the things there, I won't read them all, but you say, um, I love me. And the most important person, I am the most important person in my life. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand these concepts. Do we have to love ourselves first before we can love Uh and have empathy for other people? Um, I come to the same, to the same, uh, uh, the same same thing about um, being present. Mm. If you are present and instead of being judging you Mm. by your looks or by what you have done, and you stand in front of a mirror, you're going to see a wonderful miracle. Mm. I mean, eyes, your heart, your senses, everything in you is a miracle. So love comes after recognizing what a wonderful experience it is to be mm. living in a human, mm-hmm. a human person, not a human yeah. life. So, yeah, definitely love comes from, uh, from the realization of how wonderful this uh, opportunity we have and uh, and definitely you don't we cannot give anything that we don't have so first of all you have to realize how wonderful how beautiful how amazing you are mm-hmm. not in a not in a not in a uh, uh, arrogant way mm-hmm. but in a very specific in a very realistic way mm-hmm. you are a miracle yeah and then from there you're gonna see that everybody's a miracle Mm. I mean, you, you realize, you recognize yourself as sacred, and then you come to the conclusion that everybody's sacred, and mm-hmm. then from there, you relate. Mm-hmm. You imagine how beautiful it is to walk, feeling yourself as, as a perfect manifestation of the divine. Right. And everyone, and everyone you meet is, the, is actually the same, a, a quite different version mm-hmm. of the very same phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think it is. Um, but it is necessary not 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 so much to love ourselves or to force to love ourselves, right? But just to recognize how beautiful and valuable we are, yes. and everything. Yes, and and I always have uh, you know people who come in to see me that say, yeah, but I hate my looks. Yeah, but I don't make enough money. Yeah, but I, yeah, but, you know, all of those. <laughs> mm. And, uh, there you is, know, uh, 
there is an author, there is a yes. piece from Argentina. It right. says, you're not depressed. Right. You are distracted. Ah, I love <laughs> Wonderful that. Wonderful thing. That's exactly right. right. <laughs> if you feel depressed, it's because you are focusing in what you don't have. You're focusing in so many different things that uh, mm-hmm. are not the, the kids that you receive every day. That's true. You know, you were talking, uh, Anand, about just uh, sort of knowing the, the gifts that we are and, and the miracles that we are and appreciating who we are on this earth and um, everyone else as well. And it's hard to do that sometimes because people have built-in prejudices and fears and, you know, we're, oh, dear, we so need to overcome all that. Um, one, of, one of my sp- sort of spiritual but mentors in, in therapy years ago, um, I would say about 20 years ago, was a psychiatrist, and he worked in hospitals mm-hmm. a lot, and, you know, um, I said, how do you, and I was younger, and I was getting, you know, my internships, and um, going through my training, and, and I said, how how do you deal with people who are so mentally ill, and how do you work with that in the hospital, and how do you keep from fearing, and this, and he said, I look into their eyes, and I know that we are one. I know that they have the same fears and feelings. They're the people, they have the same exact feelings and fears and needs and wants. They are just like me and everybody else. You can't put anybody in a bag, no matter uh, who they are, what their religious beliefs, what color they are, where they live, what their cultural background is. You have to know that we're all as conscious beings on this earth as one and the same. And when we connect... In our, you know, we look at individuals. His thing was looking in their eyes and just smiling and let the, letting them understand that he was there for them. You know, that's so, so beautiful. Yeah, that's that's right. And all we want is to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been asked if 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 trying to be happy, focusing your uh, your life energy in in being happy. Mm-hmm. They they ask me, is is it a um, selfish uh, yeah. uh, goal? Right. But I said, no, it is not, because when you're happy, that's what you have to give to the world. I mean, happy people do do better right. for the world than yes, they do. unhappy people. I say that they pollute. Unhappy people create pollution Yeah, <laughs> around them. No? I like that. Well said. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it, it's so true. And, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like you have to love yourself first, as as you point out in the book, and we just sort of briefly touched on. You do. You have to to sort of uh, forgive and understand and love yourself first. Um, By the way, guys, in case you just tuned in here, you're on the couch with Dr. Michelle, and I'm talking to Anand Dilvar. He's the author of the book called The Slave, A Spiritual Manifesto for a Better Way of Life. Um, It's amazing. And, you know, Anand has also had a lifelong fascination uh, with techniques for human growth. And he's been to more than 18 countries and met with many spiritual teachers. And uh, also you've uh, founded the Meditation Center in Mexico, the Vision Quest Center in Valle Bravo. And, um, you know, of course you can see him on YouTube. 15 years he's run conferences, retreats, seminars. And also pick up the book. We're going to tell everybody how they can get more information about you, your center, and all of your books that you've written. Um, and uh, learn more about themselves with this book. Over 1.8 million copies sold internationally. So this is uh, this is an amazing, helpful book. How did you get interested in, in the spiritual quest? What was it within your life that made you um, want to study more and travel around the world and meet spiritual leaders? 
Um, I felt terrible about myself when I was young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a terrible low self-esteem. My father had trouble with alcohol. Um, um, I had trouble with alcohol. So, um, yeah, I had a very troubled uh, childhood and a very troubled uh, youth. Oh, so yeah. at one point I, I just had it. I said, you know what, uh, I, I am not good mm-hmm. like being, living like this, not to myself. Not to anybody. I'm not right. of, of, of service to anybody. Yeah. I this strong, strong need to, to heal, uh, mm-hmm. to, to better myself. Uh, um, actually, there's two events in my life that push me completely to, to go in around looking for answers. Yeah. First, I got divorced. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, lo- I love my wife and I, I have a daughter with her. She's from the U.S. and she took her to, to live with her. So that mm. was a huge uh, wound for me. Oh, yeah. That's tough. Terrible. Uh, obvious. And then I got kidnapped. What? So, yeah. What? Mexico is not so, so uncommon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I got kidnapped. Um, I almost died. Um, oh, my God. So I said, wow. I'm gonna, I, just, I, I have just repeated uh, a, a history, you know, a, a history of alcoholism, mm-hmm. of unconsciousness, mm. uh, and I almost died. That was when I was 35 years old. Wow. And then that's when I decided to go to India first, mm. and from there um, it, uh, it began a, a world tour of, yes. of, a, of a quest uh, for, uh, for tools, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, meditation and therapy, um, all kinds of uh, ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been with the Native Americans. I've been with the chief people, Indians. I've been with uh, with the uh, gurus, uh, with, with, with Advaita Vedanta teachers. So many different. I have tried everything. I think, Michelle. Yes, that's wonderful. And now mm-hmm. I want to say to the people not to brag about it, but mm. to give a hope to yes. anybody that had a a, a, a rough start. Mm-hmm. That now I'm feeling great. I'm feeling wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love myself. I um, I am very successful and and it is not the it is not the, the result of an an intention to be so successful, but it is the result of feeling great about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like we we believe, believe that if you change the outside conditions, then right. you're gonna be happy. Right, right. But uh, but um, because everything is impermanent, mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna be chasing for uh, for. Uh, Whatever. Yes. Like the yeah. pursuit of happiness is a big problem. Right. It is. <laughs> you, have to, you have to learn to be happy, not to pursue yes. it, but to learn the ability to be happy. And um, they're not so hard to, to, to know, to learn yes. the acceptance, yes. presence, attention, compassion, empathy. So you, you learn this mm. and you practice them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and uh, a lot I, of it, yeah. I, Go ahead. I'm I hope sorry. that um, people listen to this and they, 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 if I can do it, anybody can. Mm, beautiful. That's beautifully said. Well, something mm. stirred within you as an individual. Um, sometimes, you know, it's always interesting to, to filter out as to why we, um, when we grow up in difficult homes and we have siblings, you know, <laughs> why why. One of the children, you, Anand, maybe maybe another sibling or something, decides to sort of go into introspection and realize, 
You know, mm. wait, wait a minute. I have to, I, I have to snap out of this. I have to get an understanding of what's going to, to enrich my life. And, and a lot of people don't, they, they stay stuck, you know, in, in whatever they're a slave to, whatever it is, a drug, substance mm. abuse, or, you know, negative behaviors and thoughts. But there, there really is something, I think, within the soul or the personality um, that we come into this world with that says, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to have a spark and I'm going to listen to that light. And, um, I think that it is one uh, burning desire to change mm. and also that you, you bring with you from, mm-hmm. no, from birth. Um, yeah, but this is so beautiful because um, uh, what you're talking about is that this generational neurosis, mm-hmm. you know, this chain of, uh, of repeating the pattern of abuse, oh, yeah. alcoholism, mm. or, or problems in your family. Yes. And it is ama- amazing that all the siblings, all the, the members of the family, they don't realize how terrible the problem is. But comes one, one mm-hmm. person that says, uh, listen, I don't want to do this, and break this, this cycle. You know, mm-hmm. my, my daughter is now free from a destiny yes. of, of, of unconsciousness. No? Yes. I hope that uh, right. it is, it has broken the chain of the vicious circle. Yes, exactly. It's how, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it does go, you know, sometimes in generations. I mean, uh, you know, our, our great grandparents and then our, you know, grandparents and our parents and all that. There's, there is sure. a cycle sometimes of unhealthy behaviors and, you know, they're still resolving their own stuff and, and they haven't yet. So they pass it on to us. And so mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, until we sort yeah. of get into that state, as you did, of real self-realization, we, we have to stop the, the chain. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it is so important that uh, we ourselves, every one of us, we hold ourselves responsible for our life. Yes. Because um, it is not only us that we're going to heal. Mm-hmm. We're going to heal the whole society. Right. Uh, we just had elections here in Mexico, and I have not much hope for, uh, for politics. <laughs> but I do believe that, that the change is yes. individual. Yes. I mean, Jiddu uh, Krishnamurti said, uh, can you see that you are what makes society and whatever you do in your personal life creates mm-hmm. society. So if we hold ourselves responsible for our own well-being, mm-hmm. that's what we have to give to the world. Mm-hmm. Our own uh, uh, joy. You know? yes. like you're going to touch a lot of people. You that are in the radio, you, you're touching lots of people with your, with your um, intention to help and to communicate mm. and to heal. So Thank you. Yeah. Everybody has an opportunity, you know? To, That's so true. To give something beautiful to the world. It's true. You know, no matter what we can do, whatever the mm-hmm. volunteering is, whatever we can get, even the person on the street, someone comes up to no. you and asks for help. You know, every little, little bit of help that you can do, it changes sure. someone's life and it changes the energy around us. <laughs> right? Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So I'm not going to tell people the end of the book, by the way. <laughs> I'm not going to Please share. <laughs> I won't, I promise. I won't, I won't. No spoiler alert here, folks. Uh, okay. <laughs> but um, I really think that this is a great uh, book for everybody to read because it really will help people answer some of the questions. What are we slave to? You know, um, to the wounds that we received when we were children, to our traumas, you know, um, to, to what someone else decided us to be. Right to a relationship that doesn't fulfill us, to a job we're unhappy with, 
you know, our routines, how can we free ourselves? And this is what the book is about, is um, all of the techniques that we can use. And it, it, again, this is not a self-help book per se. It's a, it's a story. You know, it's a fictional story about a gentleman trapped in a vegetative state after a terrible accident. It's paralyzed his whole body, but it's written in the first person, and he's thinking, and he's hearing, and all the stuff he knows is going on around him in the hospital, <laughs> and he can't speak. And don't you think a lot of us have had nightmares like this, Anand? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? Well, my life used to be a nightmare, Michelle. That's, that's how I felt. I mean, the, the slave is a metaphor of myself. Yes. Completely paralyzed by my, my trauma, by my addictions, by my problems. Yes. Unable to participate actively in my life. Mm. And I would see myself doing the wrong, mm. the wrong things, taking the wrong decisions right. and hurting people without being able to do anything about it mm-hmm. until you hold yourself responsible for every single thing you do. Mm. You know, it's hard for some people who have, you know, certain, uh, as we say, you know, personality disorders to have empathy sometimes. You know, the, the folks in, in, in those, uh, you know, mystery shows that have the uh, sociopathology and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think people like that are are still you know, able to somehow have, have insight to who they are? Do you think? Oh, oh well, uh, yeah. I don't know, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, that, um, that maybe that's a, an extreme case. Yeah. Know? I'm talking about the general, you know, yeah. public. Sure. But, um, no, if you have an unbalance in your brain and, and, you, and we all live to our brain, and you have no capability of being empathic with somebody, mm-hmm. you're in a big... Uh, yeah. Exactly. And medications are out there are really good, though, for people who, you know, have sure. certain disorders and stuff. And they really can sort of get people back into reality thinking and, you know, coming to terms with, you know, unresolved emotions and, and impulses, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's a good thing. But I think everybody should probably check out this book, no matter who you are, <laughs> because it'll <laughs> kind of get you back on track. I was tearing up a little bit, I have to admit, and on at the end there in those letters that he was writing to his loved ones when he thought he was, you know, just before he uh, was about ready to go into the abyss, mm. into the higher place or wherever he was about to go. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, it's it's very moving and it's it's hard to put down because you want to go through this journey of learning constantly with this poor guy who's trapped in a vegetative state. So... Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show today on the couch. I really appreciate it. And what is the best way, Anand, that people can find out more about you and get your book here, The Slave, Spiritual Manifesto for a Better Way of Life, and all of your other books as well, actually? Uh, there's a Facebook page for the book. Mm-hmm. And I have a personal page, uh, a Facebook page. That's the best, the best uh, uh, way because um, that's in English. The ah. rest of my Yes. Yeah, I think that's the best approach. Okay, that's great. So it's Mm -hmm. your Facebook uh, page for the book, The Slave, particularly, and uh, it's Anand Dilvar. And And it's a great, great read, guys. Um, And it really answers a lot of questions to help us, you know, not become spectators of our lives and become more active and go beyond past wounds and forgive others and breaking ourselves free from our self-imposed bondage. And I think, Anand, that's the key there, is the self-imposed bondage that we all keep ourselves in, right? 
That's right, yeah. It is a, it's an Im- imaginary. All the limits that we set to ourselves are in our imagination. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I really believe that um, we have said. not even reached to the, to the peak of the iceberg of our possibilities. And we're always learning, aren't we? We're always growing. Always growing, yes. Yeah. And things come to us in our lives that are not so good, but it's sort of the way we deal with them and the way we look at them, huh? Just getting through a lot of, uh, you know, traumas in our present life sometimes. But it's just the way we deal with it and look at it. Sure, and and also to be grateful for that because uh, all our crises give us a profundity they give us uh, uh, insight they make us more uh, compassionate that's right you know? that's the contrast we want, to, <laughs> we want uh, our children not to experience any harm but yeah. uh, we will not do any good for them if we could avoid that because they will not be compassionate you know? right. they will not understand what it is they will not even appreciate the, the happiness if they don't experience a little bit of suffering yes Beautifully said. Anand, thank you so much for being on the couch here today. I I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you. And, um, of course, the show will be up uh, in the archives, everybody, for you to listen to as soon as we get off the air. Bless you, and thank you again so much, Anand. Thank you, Michelle. You have a great day. You too now. Mm, Bye-bye. All right, that's uh, author Anand Dilvar. The book's called The Slave, and it's a spiritual manifesto, which is, uh, it's wonderful. It helps you really understand a lot of your own, you know, hang-ups and problems you've had and how to deal with a lot of trauma in your life. And it's written from the first person as a, we take a journey into sort of thinking about ourselves and allowing ourselves to just um, get guidance and it's not a religious book. It's it's rather spiritual, but also very psychological as well, where it helps you really understand who you are and why you're here. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on the couch today, everybody. I sure appreciate it. And um, like I said, the show will be up in the archives as soon as uh, we get off the air. I'll have all the information tomorrow on there as to how you can get in touch with Anand and find out more about his center in Mexico and uh, also get his other inspirational books as well. As I always say, take care of yourselves first, and then you'll be great for others. And that's the way it works in the world. This is Dr. Michelle Cohen. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye.